eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. Greg Finley, Bella Apple filling in for Colin Dunlap and Adam Crowley. So we talked about Mike Tomlin. You brought up how people say is Mike Tomlin a bad coach? Well, Nathaniel Hackett just got fired today by the Denver Broncos. They have to be probably the um, biggest story in football where the expectations were so high and they fell so low to get absolutely blown out on Christmas by the Rams who aren't good. Baker Mayfield torched them. And that defense, which is pretty good defense was handed Russell Wilson on offense with those weapons that they have and they're four and 11. And then we have people questioning if Mike Tomlin is a bad coach. No, he's not a bad coach. Nathaniel Hackett's a bad coach and never should have been hired by the Denver Broncos. And it's very proven by what happened this year to them. But uh, I, I cannot, I cannot uh, stress enough how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. They ask these players all the time, you guys were two and six at the bye week. And now look at your season. How do you keep doing this? It's because of Mike Tomlin. Tomlin never quits. Tomlin never gives up, never throws in the towel. They don't call it a rebuilding season because they don't want to admit whenever the times are down because they're still playing hard. You you ask Tomlin, hey, you guys are going to lose the last three games to get draft picks? Absolutely not. No way. They want to win every game they can. They're still in the hunt. Tomlin's a great coach. He never loses his team. 
Yeah, I don't think Baker on the Rams putting 50 against the Broncos, putting up 50 against the Broncos is on anyone's bingo card for this season. So no. if you if you if you if you saw that, you should definitely go play the lotto. It's pretty high right now and you have a good chance of winning if you saw that coming. <laughs> but yeah, the conversation about Tomlin to me is just stupid at this point. You know, I was telling you earlier in the season that Ben's elbow just collapsed on him in that game versus Seattle and he was never seen again that season. He started a guy called Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges for the entire season and had a non-losing record. To me, that sealed his fate. Duck Hodges has not seen a snap in the NFL, went quietly into the night, and I think he was like 3-3 three and three that season as a starter. It's crazy to me that people think that Tomlin's a bad coach. My Even my dad is someone who will text me if there's, you know, I, I, I would, the one thing I would say that Tomlin doesn't have great of is um, challenging. His challenging skills is god awful. I think he might be like <laughs> oh and eight or like beyond in like the past eight challenges. But at the same time, you, if if he if he has one thing that he messes up and it's something that doesn't even come up, you know, every game, it's not a big deal to me. I think that you know there's been maybe some clock management things. I know people get a bit pissed at him for, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't come up every game. So it's little things, I guess, that get on people's nerves about Tomlin. But overall, you ask, like you said, you ask players, you ask coaches, you ask former staff of his, people in the media that have been around forever and have met everyone and know everything. And everyone says that Tomlin's a good coach. So are we going to listen to these Twitter bots that think that Tomlin's trash because, you know, the team can't put together a play. Matt Canada calls the worst offense in the NFL. It's it's not his fault most of the time. And even if things are his fault, like I said, maybe he doesn't challenge the best. It's not like he's alone in this. There's someone in his ear agreeing that they should challenge it. If it was, you know, a complete, you know, red flag, don't throw it you're done like that's that there's no way that was caught or whatever i'm sure tom was not throwing the flag so you know we like to blame him he's a big figurehead people ask you know halfway through the season they're two and six headings of eye is tomlin in the hot seat no how long it was a Steelers coach would have to be bad to be in the hot seat? Are you kidding? They had three coaches. <laughs> you know how long you have to be bad to be in the hot seat in this organization? The Rooneys are such a respected family. They're such a respectable organization. The Steelers, like you said, the reason they're so respected is because they could be the worst of the worst, and they are not quitting. They are playing every game. They'd rather spoil other people's seasons than get a first round pick than get a first overall pick. They are not a team that gives up, and I think that that starts top down. That starts the Rooney mentality. That starts with Mike Tomlin. And, you know, you add, like you said, you ask these players, how, how do you guys stay in these games? You know, even games that they are out of, they're still fighting hard for. Even games that they're losing, they're fighting to the last second. So I think that that starts with the coach, and that starts with, you know, the, just the team mentality that is built by the front office, built by the head coach, and, if you think Tomlin's a bad coach, you just don't know anything, in my opinion. He has had zero losing seasons. If he would have had one this year because he had a rookie quarterback after Ben called it quits and TJ Watt was out for almost half a season, is that really what we're going to call fireable offense? Come on. Do you know how bad coaches are in the NFL? Do you know how much people lose? They hack it literally went – what is it four and ten four and four 11. and eleven <laughs> four and eleven with a 250 million dollar quarterback in russell wilson a super bowl champion a, a stud and he has turned him into garbage yeah i i don't even know it, it seems like russell wilson is even employable in this league right now and that's that's not something i ever expected saying in 2022 <laughs> i i think that mike tomlin is 
10 times more employable than half the coaches in this league. And you don't want to put them in the hot seat because maybe they have, you know, a veteran quarterback or maybe they have, you know, a defense that's showing up a little bit more. But if you were actually in these locker rooms, actually in these meetings, actually in those, you know, in-depth conversations, you'd be like, who is this guy compared to Mike Tomlin? And it's crazy to me, you know, Bill Belichick went seven and nine when Tom Brady left the Patriots. When you lose a 20 year franchise quarterback and you have, even you're even in the in the what's it called in the running to have a non-losing season at week 17. Get off his back! What's he supposed to do? His best <laughs> his best player goes down with a torn pack. His quarterback's arm collapsed the last two years. He can't do anything about that. And you know, I and he still made this. the playoffs last year <laughs> with with a half an arm. <laughs> no, and this it's just he gets no appreciation for the things he does. He only gets called, you know, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers and the media around it is always you're only as good as your last act. And if and if they're not playing well, if they're not up to you know Pittsburgh standard, which it we could all agree, you know not winning a playoff game in the past eight years, all those things, even with the playoff burst, those aren't the Steelers way, sure. But at the same time, you know, you're blaming it all on the head coach that everyone unanimously agrees, especially the people that have the most in-depth understanding, the players and the coaches around him think that he is just a phenomenal coach. He is, I think he honestly is coach of the year every year. And that's a little biased, but it's not that biased. I think that he has not gotten coach of the year recognition, especially in some seasons, like I said, the Mason Rudolph Duck Hodge season, that he should have been coach of the year that season. And I will die on that hill because to go eight and eight or eight, seven, one, whatever they went that season with that offense, that was a godsend. I know there's no other way about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Tomlin, <laughs> is if Tomlin were to get let go, he would get about 31 phone calls. Every job. Every, every, <laughs> the Steelers would be begging for him back. Are you kidding? Yeah, every team would want that guy. And there there were rumors about, oh, would Mike Tomlin go to LSU a couple of years ago? It's like, no, Tomlin's not going to college football. Like they He wouldn't a- be able to step foot on campus before an NFL team came and just plucked him up. Right, right. He needs more respect, though. You, you bring up – it's frustrating, yes, that they can't win a playoff game, but I mean, last year I'm not I'm not counting that. Ben had half an arm, and they had to go up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Come it's on, not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> no, it's not fair at all. And if they were to win, if they were to make the playoffs this year, they'd have to go back to Arrowhead again and play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so you know, is it cool if they make the playoffs? Of course it is, but you know, I don't feel too great about their chances if they got to play against Kansas city again. The thing also, I think about um, everyone's whole idea of tanking for a pick and yada, 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 tank, 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 lose out, yada, yada. I don't think it makes any sense because when you think about who you're drafting in the first 10 picks, you, you could probably get what the Steelers need in the 10 to 15 range that they're picking right now than what you're going to get in the top 10. And of course, you know, you can get whoever you want in the top 10, basically. That's like mm-hmm. the beauty of it. But at the same time, it's like the, one of the biggest concerns to this team, offensive line, they need a middle linebacker. They probably need a defensive edge. They definitely need a cornerback. You're not going to take a wide receiver in the first round. You're not going to take a quarterback. You're not going to take a running back. So you're not going to take right. a tight end. Like you're, there's a lot of positions that, you know, there's a lot of positions they need to fill, sure, but there's a lot of positions they don't need to fill too. So, and there's a lot of young guys that haven't maybe been given 
their, you know, full chance. I think that's, that's probably a bigger thing than like another hill I would die on is that in the NFL today, we love like just signing people's fate super early, you know, Pickett had like a not great start to his career in his first NFL playing time. He didn't even get to, you know, play with the ones and training camp, yada, yada, et cetera, through to four weeks in, you get thrown in halfway through and everyone's like small hands. Look at this guy. I can't play. And, you know, you, you sign him all, you write him off as what he is, and you don't even you don't even know what this guy is. You look at you know Josh Allen's rookie season. You look at you know Mahomes sat out, but still you look at him. He got to back up a veteran and Alex Smith and develop under him. You know, in the privacy of practice, without all these mistakes being put on national television in prime time, and. You got, the NFL just loves to write people off. You know, Justin Fields sucked two years ago. He was the worst. What, what did the Bears do, you know? Mm. Jalen Hurts, uh, we don't know what he is. A few years back, you know, when they pick him, everyone's kind of up in arms about, oh, you're picking this guy. Why, why? And it's crazy. And then, you know, Mac Jones, his first season was like the second coming. Zach Wilson was like, you know, the second coming. But he came out, even this season, after missing four games, he comes out and beats a depleted Steelers team. And everyone's clap, clap, clap. I live in New York. I'm a Steelers fan in New York. You don't think I heard it from every which way about Zach Wilson? No, he's the next Brady and yada, yada, yada. Look at him now. It's just he stinks. <laughs> the, way, the way people just write off people in this league so quickly, it's like, give the guy a chance. He, he only played in the league for even a month, six weeks, a season. That's nothing. If you look at the longevity of people's careers, especially at the quarterback position, give him a chance. Give him a minute to breathe. So, I don't know. I think we sign off We sign off on people too soon. And then, you know, it, it, it's in the past five years, even you see it come back and bite people in the ass. So, <laughs> I think that, Everything with the draft, the Steelers will never tank for a pick. They could go 0-16 and, and need to be 0-17 to get the first overall pick, and they'll still fight the Ravens in that last week. They do not care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, you have a rookie quarterback that is trying to develop. They're not going to tank. You need to let him continue to play meaningful games. And it's great that they're still in the hunt because what a great opportunity now for Kenny Pickett to go into Baltimore, win a football game, keep your playoff hopes alive. I mean, this is a great scenario. If the Dolphins were to beat the Patriots, it's not like they're going to throw in the towel and go, okay, let's put Trubisky in. No, they want to see Kenny Pickett develop. And, you know, I think that Pickett got kind of screwed at the beginning of the year. They went with Trubisky. You brought it up. He didn't get many reps with the first team. When he did in the preseason, he looked pretty good, but they didn't. it wasn't even with first team. It was with second team or third team. Then they finally bring him in and let him be the starter, and he's got to go play Buffalo and Philadelphia, who are the top two teams in the league right now. I mean, he was thrown into the fire. And so then after the bye week, they're two and six, and everyone's writing this guy off. Now look at them. They're playing teams that, hey, they can actually beat these guys because they're not playing the Bills and the Eagles, and Pickett's not getting killed by the, you know, by these mistakes because he's learning and developing. He made a couple of bad turnovers. Now he's learning from them. Now he's throwing the ball away. Now he's getting rid of the football and not throwing in the double coverage. 
He's learning. He's developing. And that's what we've wanted to see this season. It wasn't, oh, this team's going to the Super Bowl. No, let's see what Kenny Pickett can do. Let's see this kid develop. And I'm seeing it time and time again. Uh, you know, they didn't do great through the first three quarters, but that final drive that he had that won them the football game couldn't have been better. And he made plays by himself with the quarterback sneak, with the throws, with the decision-making. That's what I want to see. I'm happy that I saw it. A huge thing with rookie quarterbacks is learning to take what the defense gave you. And it looked like in the first three quarters of that game versus the Raiders, that's not what the Steelers were doing. They were trying to run their offense, whatever that is, and Matt Canada calling it. They were trying to run that offense without any consideration to what, you know, was actually available. And then in that last drive, you saw the check down Sinaji. You saw them using the middle of the field with Muth. You saw, you saw all these things that are just very encouraging. And something else I want to bring up that I think is underappreciated is the development of this offensive line. Kenny Pickett did not hit the ground once this this game. He was zero sacks. You know, he was pushed out of the pocket a couple of times, but, you know, that's when some of the best plays happen too when you're moving around back there. I think that this offensive line has really developed, and you could see it in the run game too and the – ability the rush the team had 100 plus rushing yards you know not all with one guy but running back by committee it's worked for other teams it's a work for the Steelers Jalen Warren is a great undrafted signing by the Steelers he's proving to be maybe one of the best signings from this offseason and you know he this offensive line has really developed and another it's another thing that you know people write off an offensive line that's never played a snap together and you know barely even in preseason I don't even know if they had a drive together because of injuries and moving parts and all those things and people like to write them off going into the bye you know week eight nine they're saying oh these Steelers Kenny Pickett can't stay off the ground they can't run the ball for anything yada yada and then you know you give these offensive linemen who are all pretty much really young as well some time to develop gel together and you know they always say that offensive lines are the most cohesive group and they need the most time together they need the reps in game to really you know figure it out and I feel like yesterday as much as the run game didn't didn't work I would say it wasn't used enough. I don't know if it didn't work. It was. It didn't really get its fair, you know, touches. And Kenny Pickett sat in a relatively clean pocket all day. And, you know, seeing the juxtaposition of Derek Carr, who has, you know, all this hype around him and just being chased, like, like what's it called? The mount, uh, something, a chicken with his head cut off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a chicken with his head cut off back there. And we had the entire line getting after him. We had safety blitzes, you know, untouched getting after Derek Carr. And he looked awful compared with you know with no run game and no time which every quarterback looks awful with no run game and no time and the Steelers defense is able to make them one-dimensional and I think the Steelers offense especially that offensive line was able to keep them two-dimensional even when they weren't using the run game as effectively as they may have maybe could have uh you bring up the offensive line Dotson still needs to go Dan Moore still needs to go but other than that I'm okay with the offensive line replace those two with uh either a free agent or First round pick, uh, Kenny Pickett, too many times has almost gotten his head taken off because Dotson or Dan Moore got beat, and they got to play Baltimore, who took Kenny Pickett's head off last time. So I'm, I'm going to yeah. need better protection in this week, uh, this Sunday night football game, because I don't need Trubisky facing the Ravens again. I, I don't. No, that, that Kenny Pickett concussion versus the Ravens was just awful. You're going to take and it, you're going to take the penalty as well as get your quarterback out for the game. Oh, it was crazy And how did they awful. not call roughing the passer? I've seen way worse, like way less on Tom Brady just getting tackled 
and Tom Kenny Pickett gets Tom body Brady. slammed and they're not going to call a penalty. And they're roughing the passer conversation. Brady could be upright and untouched and they'd call roughing the passer <laughs> for him. So, but even, you know, I think I would say that there's like a lot of times that I think, you know, TJ Watt is held or maybe Kenny or even Mitch or even Ben back in, you know, last year and beyond where, you know, it took some shots and it was not called. I think there's a little bit to the Steelers um, reputation of being so like tough and tumble that maybe they get like a few less calls than they maybe deserve. I don't know. It does seem like every other team kind of gets those breaks and the Steelers never do. I agree. I agree. Okay. Before we wrap up prediction for Sunday night football and will the dolphins lose to the Patriots? I think the game in New England, the Dolphins do lose to the Patriots. I think that the Steelers squeak one out with Boswell's game-winning kick. Ooh. I would say I think it's going to be one of, another one of those games. You know, nineteen sixteen. There's a lot of field goals. A lot. Uh, the defense does everything, but the Steelers' offense does just a little bit more. Totally a biased take, but you know, it's like manifesting. You have to speak it into the universe for it to happen. So I, I do think that the Steelers, especially without Lamar, have a good chance of winning this game. I'm not sure how good of a chance the Patriots have, but. I do know Belichick would love to play spoiler to the Miami Dolphins one more time. So that's my pick. That's what I'll take. And uh, I'll ride into the sunset with this hopeless romantic idea of making the playoffs. I I think the Patriots might actually beat the Dolphins. Miami has just gone downhill for a while now. Tua made some bad throws against Green Bay. Those interceptions were inexcusable. You want to talk about a quarterback that looked rattled. He just kept throwing the ball to Green Bay in that fourth quarter and in chances that they could have won the game. They were talking about um, the interceptions after the game because um, they were talking about, you know, like winning the game, whatever, with the Packers in the media room. And they were saying, you know, it was a crazy, you know, the interceptions. And I forget who it was. One of their safeties was like, I can't even believe the ball just came to me. <laughs> he literally said. J- Jair Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, literally, he literally said, he's like, I can't even believe the ball came to me like that. Like, he was like, I didn't even expect the ball. Like, is it? I think it's also similar to, you know, I think too, it was just not reading the, reading the defense well. He definitely looked like a scared man back there. You know, he, he was definitely seeing ghosts. And um, you could really tell that there's something very unreadable about Tua. It's like he does, it's, it's almost like he doesn't have that clutch gene in him. But, you know, again, I don't want to be that person that's writing off someone way too early, but it just, it feels like, especially this season, they've had a lot of chances to, you know, get up even, you know, they were close to the Bills at one point because the Bills have not had as amazing as a season as they probably should have with their talent and just, you know, capabilities. Without his elbow, and yeah. Yeah, they just have not, they have not, you know, ran away as they should have as the Eagles have and they're in the AFC, in the NFC East. And the AFC East, it's kind of been, before Miami had this weird collapse, <laughs> like it's kind, it's kind of was a one, two, a one and two fight throughout. And then Miami has just gone peaking down and the bells have gone peaking up and it's kind of, it's just crazy the way things shake out. And like I said, it's why you play the game on Sunday. So you never know what could happen. If Miami loses again, then I, if it's up to week 18 the Steelers play the Browns at home. Browns are out of it. If there's something on the line, if there's a shred of hope on the line, I'd be shocked if the Steelers don't win out. Can the Jets help us out, though? You're, if you're in New York, can they beat the Dolphins in week 18? The thing is, the thing is, in those divisional games, anyone can win. Mm-hmm. And anyone can win. And you know what? It, if it does come down to it, like I said, there's nothing better than playing spoiler. 
in a division rivalry. Even if you're down and out and have nothing to play for, like the Browns will, I bet the Browns would love to be the people to eliminate the Steelers. They would love it. So there's nothing about a divisional matchup that means anything, if that makes sense. Like, I think they always, a cliche they always use, especially with Steelers-Ravens, is throw the records away, play ball. That's what every divisional matchup should be in the NFL. And, like, I do think that, you know, maybe the Jets don't have it, but do they have enough to beat a really struggling Miami team? And, you, you, know, you know, again, you never know. Think Crazier, crazier things have happened than the Jets <laughs> helping the Steelers. So I think if there's a defense that can – continue to keep Tua rattled it's the Patriots so that's another reason why I like New England they can run the ball effectively with Stevenson Mac Jones won't have to make too many plays because they have a run heavy offense where they can keep Tua Tyreek Hill on the sideline Jalen Waddle. they can avoid the explosive plays and I think New England can win that game and then the Steelers and the Ravens like you said they usually split the Ravens got one in Pittsburgh. Steelers now need to go to Baltimore and get a win. I hope they come motivated. I hope the Ravens don't wear their all-black uniforms because they always play better in those, especially in prime time. So hopefully they stick with the purple. But if they go with the all-black, I'll be a little more worried. And it will depend on Lamar. If Lamar plays, uh, you know, who knows what he looks like, though. But J.K. Dobbins, that's what worries me a lot, too. He ran all over the Steelers. They have to be able to contain him. They were able to contain Josh Jacobs. Why wouldn't they be able to contain uh, Dobbins? But uh, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you filling in, Bella. Thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. And uh, the guys will be back then and off because of Christmas. Steelers and Ravens, Sunday night football. We'll talk about it Friday here on Fourth Down in the Steel City. Bye, guys.